I didn't oh. watch them because I don't have TikTok and I don't I don't do my own makeup. That's <laughs> my makeup person does mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's an Emmy way. <laughs> My makeuper. This is the language podcast. And that's our introduction. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or do you want okay, me to do I guess that works. Should I do a real one? No, that's good enough. No, no. That was real. Um I'm uh I was trying to think about, like, what is a host? If I'm like, I am a host. A gigadud? Yeah. Okay, never mind. I don't like that. It's Friday night, you guys. Well, not probably not when you're listening to this, but when we're recording this, because we're so cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> but everyone is home, so I can hear my my son yelling. He doesn't have an indoor voice, <laughs> but it's he's yelling in the language. So <laughs> just he's loud. My eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Anishna. Deacos Bungi and Gibich Dummis. Gindash. Amigo Ginin. Nashkam go Nemin did. Weba, we better go shin Gwes. So, um, yeah, whatever. I'm good though. Amigo Ginin. Eshkam. Mindedo Yan Eshkam. Ginin. <laughs> and Sean um you guys we were just saying i said i'm getting bigger and bigger because uh my i'm pregnant my son's gonna arrive soon maybe he'll be already here by the time this episode right. comes yeah, out yeah we're at that we're at that point now so <laughs> we're also slow getting episodes um, out so well yeah i'm i'll be even slower so he's probably definitely born <laughs> By the time you're listening to this, he's one oh. years old now. No, so congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Gwetch. Um, where was I? Oh, I was just going to say, I was, yeah, I said, I said, I don't know what, or I don't know. One morning, very recently ago, uh, we're getting ready and my son saw the scale and he was, he must have seen his dad stepping on it and weighing himself because I don't do that. So he steps on it and weighs himself, and he's like, "Gush it, Tom!" Like, and I'm like, "Ka!" Like, <laughs> he want me to step on the scale. He's like, "Yeah, gush it, Tom!" I'm like, "Ka, I need you to see why." Like, I don't want to. And he goes, "I need some did a gush Nice. His mom too big. I was like, "Yes, that's, that's exactly why." 
So anyway. does he? Um, does he know he's got a new sibling coming? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, you look at my belly; it's hard, <laughs> hard not to know. He's getting excited. Yeah, nice. I kind of wanted to know what your. Uh, have you listened to the last episode, episode thirteen, and Anishinaabe Wakazajik? I have not actually. I was going to before um, before you posted it, but just didn't work out. And um, yeah, so I've I haven't heard it. And now you don't want to. Um, no, I do want to. Um, because yeah, it was a very interesting topic and potentially controversial. So I'm like, um, I feel like when we recorded it, it was really good. It was a really good conversation, and um, yeah, we talked about good stuff. So I do want to review it at some point. Yeah, I don't know. How do you? What do you think about it? Well, I guess you heard it. You yeah. heard it a million times because you edited it. So yeah, we. Um, I just thought it was interesting to bring up because, uh, like we have, I haven't heard any feedback yet, mm. so I'm kind of nervous slash maybe excited. I don't know because mm. it is a controversial topic, but I just thought it was interesting to talk about because we were like so nervous and scared, right? to talk about that issue i was um and because yeah because it's a heated topic and mm -hmm. right so i know we were kind of nervous yeah for it to drop he sent me a message the other day saying hey um did you guys just like silently is there a reason you silently dropped that episode <laughs> are you like worried about it and i was like no that's you know, that wasn't on purpose, but like, yeah, I am, we are a bit concerned about like how people are going to take it. If it's, yeah, it's going to be some backlash or whatever. But, um, yeah, he was like, why? Like, what's, what's the problem here? And, um, I'm freaking busy, man. <laughs> no, I mean like, yeah, just in terms of like, why might we be concerned or my way? Yeah. Oh. And he's like, I don't see what's wrong with it. I don't see what's, um, what the issue is. And, I, don't know, I think I basically said something like um, what it kind of boils down to in some regard is differing definitions of what indigenous means, what that constitutes. And um, to some people, their definition differs from what mine does or what yours might. And um, yeah, that's kind of, um, I don't know, that's where a disagreement may lie. And point. yeah, and I've talked about this with a friend of mine. You know, people say like people talk about in a person's truth and individual's truth. And for me, it's like, okay, this is like, this is, I guess this is my truth. What I believe constitutes indigeneity and other people have a different, um, a different truth. That's true. That's, that's a good point. I think the examples that we used were pretty kind of slam dunk though. Like, yeah, you know, if, if, if your indigenous ancestor, what, the only indigenous ancestor you have wasn't even alive or born in the same century as you. Hmm. And then also the, um, like the case study of that dude who full on, like pretended to be a residential school survivor. That is just 60 scoop, 60 scoop, right? That's just downright like wrong. No matter like that's <laughs> indefensible, like <laughs> that is completely indefensible. So yeah, that's a clear case where it's not a matter of opinion. It's a matter of like, yeah. So, yeah, but there's, yeah, yeah it, it does get trickier, right? When, when you start to boil down to where do you draw where do you draw the line? the line yeah like um and i i mentioned this to ben Widow, it's like okay what if you have one grandparent who's indigenous does that mean you're indigenous what if you have one great grandparent who's indigenous what about one great great grandparent like where does it um you know where does it 
where do you draw the line? But also that's like a simplistic definition. This is looking at blood quantum only. I and you as well, I believe, feel there's much more to it than that, like connection to the community and um, the lived experience of a Native person and how like appearance, um, white privilege, how you appear definitely plays into that as well. So it's tricky. It's complicated. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. Well, let's not define that today because then we'll really make people. (laughs) 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 But yeah, but you know what? I am glad that we talked about white passing privilege, white privilege, Mm -hmm. white proximity. um, Mm -hmm. Because I I went back and listened to it and I I realized I didn't even answer one of Celeste's questions. And I just, I still think what I said was was important. Mm -hmm. But, um, and that's what I was talking about. And like, I don't think we talk about that enough yeah and even myself it was hard to talk about at first Mm. not that i'm not that i'm afraid to say i look white because obviously you'd look at me (laughs) that's i'm not saying anything like that's like uh earth shattering (laughs) or or anything but um like actually like okay so i acknowledge it now what Mm. what do i say am i gonna misspeak about it you know right um, but I think that's just maybe, I think it's just something that comes with time. Hmm. Like you have to have those uncomfortable conversations and, and be open to learning. And hmm. Yeah, you're maybe the first Native person I know who like talked about that. And you like, yeah, talked about your white passing privilege and stuff like this. Because at that time, I don't think I was really aware of these things and how important they are in our, yeah, our social realities, right? So... That's an important topic, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I was either. Maybe I knew it was always there, but my privilege allowed me to just <laughs> carry on and <laughs> and whatever. But, I, I, you know, as I start to realize these things. <laughs> but anyway, interesting side note. Um, my husband doesn't, I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to our podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like... I'm just paraphrasing, but I think the sentiment is kind of like, well, why I listen to you every day? (laughs) (laughs) Then I got to be away from you and listen to you more. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, okay. I don't know if some people are going to be offended by that Mm. or it sounds bad, but I, it doesn't bother me. Mm. Um, I don't need my partner to be my biggest fan and, you know what you know what I mean? Then like we need to do everything together and he has to right. I like that we're our own people and, and we do live together and he does know like if he did listen, he would probably be like, Yeah, we already had this. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. You're not telling me anything new. Anyway. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that being said, um he was really excited about this episode and um he heard me editing it because I'm not very tech savvy, so it took I didn't realize how to plug my headphones in mm. so i would just edit everyone in the house had to listen to it me going back over and over again every little phrase <laughs> i figured it out now though you guys one of my friends showed me it um anyway so he kind of had a taste for you know what what was going to be involved in the episode and uh came out and he listened to it um, and he, he really, really liked it. He had lots of really good feedback. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I think that was the first of our episodes that he ever listened to. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And it, he really enjoyed it. And then today he said he listened to it a second time. Mm. So anyway, nice. I got to check this episode. That's out. my Sounds one. Good. 
Yeah, it, yeah, and it sparked some interesting conversations for us at at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like the whole reclamation versus revitalization that came up a lot, but that was really important for me. It's got me thinking. And to be honest, my initial reaction, I get kind of like, well, why are we arguing about an English term? Mm-hmm. Like I see the irony of it, like let's just do the work. And like, I feel like I'm kind of wasting my time. Like what should we call this thing in English when we just need to do it. Mm. But I think it was really helpful for me to shift my my way of thinking to realize, you know, like we are in this position because of genocide and assimilation, colonization, racism. So we do have to be mindful of those things and address them going into language. Mm-hmm. Why are we here? And make sure that that work is done in a good way. So it was really helpful for me. Hmm, nice. Yeah. Anyway, today the title is Maji Biganan, which means letters. We're just going to do a mailbag letter. Our uh, our guest for today, they had some circumstances that popped up. So uh, so we're just going to do a mailbag episode. Um, but they will be back next time. I'm really excited. I can't tell you guys who it is or what it is. So just stay tuned for that. <laughs> That's how we keep the but listeners listening. Exactly. But, and we've been, uh, yeah, not really keeping up with our letters. And there's some good ones in here. The first mm-hmm. one is really long. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm not talking it up very well. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> um, but I can't paraphrase it any better than how they wrote it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'll start with um, this one section. They say, I just wanted to share about one barrier to my language learning and one that I've just started exploring more. I share this knowing totally that I'm still working slash healing through it. And both of you alluded to it in the podcast as shame or emotional baggage. Let me know what you think about it. And given that a future episode is about listeners experience, feel free to share this or check in more if there's anything I can clarify. It has to do with safety in the body. I don't know if he's ever heard about shame-based family systems. I just learned about it myself. But I sus- suspect it may be common in families who are raised by survivors. I was raised by parents whose parents went to residential schools, and strict discipline and abuse was the norm. So I was raised that way too, learning that I couldn't mess up and that perfection was the way to survive or else there would be harsh consequences. As a child, I was humiliated and shamed by many people in my family for expressing my big feelings, and I learned to feel stupid a lot for just being myself as a kid. One thing I learned very young was to have shame for my emotions, my expression, and for my body. I escaped with books and into my mind to cope. I started to learn that the times when I could feel my body or was aware of my body was when I would feel a deep sense of shame about my body and my existence. Intellect was a way to avoid feeling the shame of my body and to avoid feeling my big feelings. I learned recently that this is a form of disassociation. I discovered that when I was learning the language, I was forced to be present in my body because I could not comprehend what was being communicated, but I still had to be present. Being in my body was is to feel incredible shame that kind of burns and radiates into this disgusting overall feeling of doom. I had this realization when I was at Anishinaabe Montag uh, language conference because I couldn't understand why I wanted to leave so badly when I really felt that I wanted to be there. Add in the probability of quote unquote being laughed at that you talked about in the third episode 
totally appreciated that discussion. And without the context that it's just natural to laugh and be teased in the language without shame, learning language can be defeating. I'm learning now that the antidote to shame is compassion for the self. There's a lot of shame that's internalized about who we should be or what we should be or what we've experienced on our bodies that may not be our fault, but that we have to address if we want to grow past it. I suspect that for women, femmes, two-spirit relatives, and survivors of sexual assault who may have a lot of body dysmorphia and or trauma, learning the language is particularly challenging. Another resource that helped me understand this is The Body Keeps the Score, and I'm in therapy for ancestral trauma to hold compassion for my parents and grandparents who unknowingly passed on the shame they internalized from colonial violence and and to learn to love slash parent my inner child that was shamed. Okay. Um, I wonder if, if immersion were to be more trauma-informed in this way or with, this, or with specific quote-unquote prerequisites you mentioned briefly in the third episode, something like this. Would there be more learners? I wonder how childhood trauma and overall the colonial denigration of childhood impacts people's ability to pursue second language learning because you have to essentially return to the experience of a child when learning. I have some tools to help me feel safe in my body. Things like accepting my feelings and learning to feel them without fear, guilt, shame, and grounding exercises like breathing, tapping, body positivity, staying present, etc. EMDR and inner child work has also helped. Maybe phrases like, my body is good, or I am safe, would be helpful when learners start to feel the hard emotions of the body. I wonder if immersion must necessarily have mental health experts on hand. I know that's a lot since our movements are so at capacity as is. I sincerely believe our ancestors knew about being safe in body and having inner peace, since that is what fasting cultivates and fasting is supposed to begin at young ages. Chimiguetch, for all that you're doing, you give me so much hope and inspiration. I wasn't sure if I'm at the right level to do immersion yet since I haven't been in class for a while, but I do hope to join someday prepared with my grounding exercises. Yeah, so that's we got that letter a long time ago, and we've been alluding to talking about it. But as you see, it's a huge thing. There's a huge topic, and like, I didn't even know how to, what to say about this when we got this. Still, kind of like processing it, and it's really good that they've named these things and shared their experience. So yeah, I don't even know if you have thoughts on where to start because this is a huge topic. One thing I think of or thought of as just off the bat is you know, the shame-based family system and, you know, being being raised a certain way, that is actually the complete opposite of how we raise children traditionally, like our, the way we, you know, prior to contact, prior to like colonization, how we raise children. Children weren't beaten or shamed whatsoever. And the fact that this has been forced upon us um, has had very tough impacts. Um, so that's like the first thing that strikes me is that like the amount of, I don't know, just how widespread that is and just how how badly it impacts person's well-being to begin with and you have to deal with that before you can like well not before but like it adds in that adds an extra layer to learning the language yeah i i was actually gonna say the same thing like the first thing that jumped out of me uh jumped out of me (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry the first thing that jumped out at me rereading this because it's been a while admittedly was yeah was the Mm -hmm. shame and how huge that is 
especially, yeah, coming from the impacts of residential school or even just intergenerational mm. trauma. Like, even if you, even if your ancestor, if you're the generations before you didn't go to residential school, but you still see the impacts of that mm. time, right? Had, had on, had on us and our communities. Anyway, yeah, shame is a really, is a really huge one. And that's a big barrier with the language too. I don't know. I don't even know where to go with that. And I'm learning a lot as well, because I'm a new mother. And now I'm on this, you know, early years mm. learning journey, because I'm I'm trying to help my community work with my community to start an immersion school for little ones. And I'm taking ECE in my evenings and weekends, in addition to working full time. And it's, it's really, really helpful. Like, I'm so glad I'm doing this. And the course that I'm taking is really fr from an Anishinaabe mm. perspective. So that was the f that's on my mind a lot all the time. So that's the first thing that that jumped out at me. And so all I'm trying to say is like, I'm learning a lot. Or rather, I should say like unlearning right. a lot and never before, because I'd never worked with little ones. I didn't have my own kids. Like I just very much did my own things. So I never had to think about these things mm -hmm. until recently. And realizing like how what childism is mm. the first time i heard that i kind of this was like 10 years ago, i kind of like laughed at that i was like what the heck is that? <laughs> childism but now i see it like everywhere and i don't even know if that's like a popular term or anything but like that's it speaks to the shame and not just in anishinaabe communities but just like yeah. what we how we view children and how how we treat them um and things are starting to like Anishinaabe people as well as non like Jagannath culture is starting to like catch mm. up on these things. But I remember a friend telling me how much they respected their sister because they saw how their sister was raising their mm. nieces and nephews. So the example was my friend's niece did something, you know, quote unquote mm. bad or undesirable. I don't know if she hurt someone or whatever. And the mom, instead of coming down on her right there in front of everyone and saying, oh, you need to go apologize to so-and-so, took the daughter off to the side and had a one-on-one heart-to-heart conversation mm -hmm. with her and avoided right. just shaming the daughter in front of everyone. Even little things like that, this kind of, I was like, whoa, it just blew my mind. Like, that's mm -hmm. so important. And then it really made me think about, yeah, about what shame looks like for a child and how easy it is for us as a society to do that and how that will really mm. mess someone up <laughs> so not even just speaking to like language but obviously this is all in a language context but um i don't know it sounds kind of corny but i'm really for lack of a better term i'm really trying to decolonize how i view right. kids how we raise and yeah. interact with them and then yeah adding the language piece is a whole other whole other layer and and a lot of that does come from residential schools because i remember when when that story of kamloops it was 215 mm. graves yeah it was a lot 215 i think was the first number and so that really all of these stories started bubbling back up to the surface and and catching national national attention even though we as Anishinaabe people always mm -hmm. knew this, right? Like maybe we didn't have specific numbers, mm -hmm. but we knew. Anyway, so I remember we were having like 
Zoom talks and elders and residential school survivors were were speaking and we were doing all this learning. And I listened to one residential school survivor and they talked about going on the bus to residential school and crying because they're going away from their parents and, you know, where am I going and everything. And uh, they're crying because they miss their parents. And the nun turned around and said, you better quit that crying right now or I'll give you something to cry about. And I don't know what it was like. It just stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, holy geez, because I, you see these like memes going around on social media about like how yeah. natives yep. are raised and everyone always says that's a native right. parent thing is quit that crying or i'll give you something to cry about and it's like mm. holy geez that came from residential school that wasn't us that did that and i was like that's yeah yeah <laughs> yep. that's messed up yeah i was actually gonna i was actually gonna mention that that um yeah that kind of perception of how like native people native kids are raised or how people are raising native kids yeah i'll give you something to cry about or don't cry or like you know just that whole um just that perspective has been internalized like we've internalized it to the point where we joke and laugh about it and like send memes around and stuff and you know i guess that's the way i don't know we laugh about it. that's how we deal with it, yeah. right we laugh we laugh <laughs> about it things that aren't funny but yeah, I thought about that as you were talking and um, I had never heard of this term childism until you mentioned it just now. And um, yeah, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Like it's, it's really um, not good for a child the way, the way they're treated sometimes to like, for example, dismiss a child's feelings like, oh, like, oh, don't cry or oh, smarten up. Oh, it's not mm -hmm. a big deal. Like. I think anyone listening who's an adult and not a child can think back to their own childhood and feel what it feels like to um to have your feelings dismissed or to like yeah how real how real your experiences are as a child and your feelings and it's like to dismiss that to to a kid is really really not good I don't think it's not good for them um because that is yeah it's like dismissing a, a child's feelings I don't know if I could if I could think back and and think about and experience put myself in their shoes mm. and experience that because if I could then I wouldn't be unlearning all, mm. <laughs> all this stuff or like I think well I don't know me well maybe I don't know I don't want to be like yeah you're wrong. but um we like on once or at least for me once I became a parent sometimes I like I have to you know heal my mm. inner child I used to kind of cringe at that and like <laughs> what the heck does that mean it sounds kind of corny but then you catch yourself saying stuff that you heard adults tell you mm. when you were a kid and it's up to you to be aware of them and realize and, and work on it and fix it or not or just keep doing the same right so yeah there's a lot of like that would be I guess mom mm. guilt you hear that term and that's I think that's kind of one of the things that it's referring to but I feel like I've had to do like a lot of my own unlearning and and my own healing too because um because then I beat mm. myself up right. right and then it's like oh so I'm having like bad feelings on top of bad feelings anyway now I'm just venting about <laughs> being, <laughs> being a mom we should get back to the letter but I guess shame right like that's yeah. huge what was the other thing too that they that they were talking about? Um, just the way they talked about escaping from their body, from like escaping into books and disassociation to deal with, yeah, to deal with what was going on. Uh, That's what I was gonna hmm. talk about too. Well, I, I can't speak for everyone again. I can only share what I know, but 
they're probably hitting the nail on the- it's been so long since I've been a quote unquote beginner. Not that I'm like a fluent speaker either, but um but I do remember like when we talked about this in our first episode, at least for myself, like the first time I went to immersion, how hard it was and how emotional it was. But it does mm-hmm. get better. And I sometimes forget what that was like. So I'm like, is that what was right, going on? Right, right. I definitely Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Is that what was... Was it shame? Was it being forced to be present when you want to? I def- I guess I can relate to that. Like, you know, when something is um, uncomfortable or awkward or like, I remember hmm. feeling stupid. Like, I know hmm. I'm not, but when you feel that way is a horrible feeling. And obviously, all you want to do is get right. out of that feeling. <laughs> Right. And stop struggling. And I, I feel like I need to reflect on some of this stuff more. Um, because, uh, for example, like it's still hard, it's still hard to speak the language. It's still hard to like try to be brave and talk to an elder in the language. Um, and I've kind of just like, um, I just power through it. I'm just like, I'm, I'm used to that feeling used to like, you know, it's scary. It's a scary thing to do. Even like with my, with my auntie, she's like my, my go-to person. I still have a hard time sometimes like speaking the language and I've never really thought why I've never really thought like, okay, what is, what, what makes me try to avoid this? Like I have a much easier time trying to speak Spanish. I'll be like that dude, like that middle-aged white dad who's trying to speak Spanish to the, like the, the Mexican dude at the restaurant. Right. But like, for some reason, I find that easier than speaking to Shnabim one. And I haven't actually, yeah, I always just chalked it up to being shy, but I'm thinking about our. But yeah, I have seen in some circumstances where people that have survived some sort of trauma, like abuse or, or sexual assault, certain things will trigger. I, I have seen mm. people get triggered. Um, and I guess. Yeah, I guess that's would be I don't know. I can't put yeah, I don't know. Mm. I have seen that happen. So I think, you know, that's what they're speaking to too. Like it's um what did they say? I suspect that for women femmes two spirit relatives and survivors of sexual assault who uh may have a lot of body dysmorphia or trauma learning the language is particularly challenging. Absolutely. Mm. I mean that's got to make most things challenging. Um, yeah. Uh, this is why we held off. Well, also we're lazy <laughs> and slow at getting, turning out episodes, but we're like, wow, where do we even go with that? Like, cause I, I can't have, it's, it's giving me a lot to reflect on, but I still, mm-hmm. yeah. No, same. I remember you said that to me and I think I texted you, we were texting about it. And I was just like, bruh, I like, I don't even know where to begin with this. Have you read, they mentioned this book, the body keeps the score. I've heard a lot about that, but I haven't. Um, no. no. Yeah. I haven't, uh, I haven't read it. It's on my list of books to get, but um, apparently that's a really good one and helps, um, helps you think about things and holding trauma, how your body, yeah. How your body keeps the score. Huh? I should read that. No, I did not know mm. that. That's good to know. I can add it to my to-do list. Well, let's come back to this if if we need to, because I feel like we're. <laughs> right. <energy>. Yeah. 
The, imp- the important thing is you heard right. from the person who wrote the letter way better right. than we could have articulated it. <laughs> it's heavy, dude. Yeah. That was my input. I have some more questions. I have another letter. Gyeva Bejik, Maji Bigan, Don Mumpy. Ani Language Podcast. Good opportunities like immersion are necessary for helping us as learners to become more fluent. There are times when accessing those opportunities can be a challenge. Maybe it's timing, distance, costs, or it conflicts with work and family responsibilities. It is at those times that I really rely on my language resources to keep the learning going. Over the years, I've accumulated a few good ones dictionaries, grammar instruction books, and recordings. They're like my touchstones. I keep returning to them time and time again because they're continually useful or because they get me through a plateau in my learning. Finding good resources for Anishinaabemowin can be difficult if you're just getting started with your learning. I find the best ones are those that are shared by other learners, especially those who've achieved advanced fluency. In fact, I consulted a VTA paradigm that Miguanabikwe gave me five years ago to figure out how to conjugate the title of this email. <laughs> it's called Quid Wewen Gui Quedjminagok. Anyway, my question for you both is this. What are some of the resources that helped you advance your ability to speak in Anishinaabemowin? And how would one find those resources? Gamiguachwinim Sena. Omiguachwinim um, who's going first? You want to go first? Resources. You go first because my guy <laughs> from reading. <laughs> um. So really, the resources that helped me were we've talked about this before. Marianne Marianne Corbier's course books that she wrote for the University of Sudbury gave me the foundation to be able to like make a sentence, make sentences that like were sophisticated enough to feel like I'm actually speaking the language. So, um, that, those, that was probably the big one. I've also taken classes at, um, here at the UMN with, uh, Winnie Gobble and Zoe Brown, and they rely, they really teach a lot of grammar, give you like that background structure. So it's those things that gave me the background and day to day it's online dictionaries and conjugation charts. So in my day to day, I'm like, um, yeah, like how do I conjugate that VTA? Um, refer to a chart or refer to like Randy Valentine's grammar pages online and dictionaries. Um, the Nishnabemwin online dictionary and the uh, Ojibwe people's dictionary. Um, so yeah, those help, those help for the day to day trying to speak like, Oh, I forget. I don't want, I don't know how to say like this kind of this word, how to conjugate this. Yeah. So those are my go-to. There's more to it that I could add, but I'll pass the mic to you. Well, same as what you said. The other thing too is like there should be a whole course on how to use those yeah, dictionaries yeah. because the the NOD, the Nishnabemwin Online Dictionary, it's uh, it's down a lot too. So you have to figure out how to make it work for you. Like I can't access mm. it on my phone. Anyway, it's red at the top. It's got really cool features, and it's in the region that I live in. So. Um, before that, I probably was using the OPD. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> that was a bad dad joke. <laughs> the Ojibwe people think. No, no, what? I was just going to say that. Like, oh. You're really dating yourself by that like 90s, 90s reference. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, so it's got good features. So before that, I was using the the OPD, and then this one was more to to this region. And it's got really cool features, like you can do advanced searches, and you can search words up in Nishnabemwin, um, and you can work look up all words that end in <clears throat> this sound. Um, or words that begin in this, or words that contain like a specific yeah. morpheme, right? Um, because you might hear a word in immersion, you're like, what is that, right? And you have to look for a word in Nishnabemwin. Um, and everyone spells, it's like old English, everyone spells the same word differently. So having a feature like that where I can, okay, if I spell it my way, it doesn't pop up, then I can use the advanced features mm. and find it is helpful. Anyway, so those are the same thing. Oh, yeah, you said Randy Valentine's Nishnabe when reference grammar. It's a big, thick blue and white book. It's very dense. It's very, well, you're a linguist, so it's probably a walk in the park to read it. Um, but it's all in there. And so I had a student who was like very, very beginner when he started. He was coming along really well because he was really gung-ho. And then... Um, he would start asking me these questions that I just, that I couldn't mm. answer that. I was like, I've always wondered mm. that too. I said, but it's all in this book, Valentine's Nishabimun reference grammar. And so his emails would come and I it would say the same thing. I said, mm. I honestly don't know either, but I would check this book. So I think he just gave up on me and <laughs> bought the book. And then he was more advanced than me. So if you can get through that, it really is mm. all in there, right? So yeah, same thing like like Sana was saying, the best resources that I've gotten were from other fellow learners. Like once I realized that there were verb paradigms, like that the language follows very consistent patterns, like more consistent mm. than English. And all you had to do was plug in your root verb into the formula and like, boom, you're speaking Nishnabemun. I was like, holy geez, right? Because you always hear people say, oh, I want to learn the beginnings and mm -hmm. endings, right? <laughs> what they're talking about is how to conjugate right, yeah. a verb. Um, and there's still lots that I don't know. It's like all that fine-tuned stuff that like Awani Gabo talks about, like his discourse markers and, and that kind of thing. But I can get mm -hmm. by, right? I can get by in immersion speaking or speaking to my son every day. Hey, get in there. <laughs> yeah. or, Pass me this or, you know... I can get by with mm. stuff like that, and it's just from knowing knowing my verbs. Yeah. Oh, sorry. What were you no, saying? I I was gonna say what you just said. Like beyond the getting by, the like understanding discourse markers and understanding how to um, express ourselves um, to the d degree that we want to. That's the hard part. That's really hard. And there's no there's no book on that. Well, I guess stuff like Wanigabo's discourse markers, uh, but that's hard that's hard to understand and hard to read. So that's kind of the next step for, for us learners when we get to the point where, yeah, we can get by, but like we want to be able to, um, could I tell a legend in the store? <laughs> right. So that's like right. the pinnacle. I think even like, that's pretty, um, ambitious, even, even to ask an elder something politely or what they, what you feel might be politely. Yeah. That's hard to do. Cause it doesn't, I don't know. That wasn't, very <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> but that, I don't know. Um, you know, Marianne's a good, uh, resource for that. You can ask her, like, give her the context and she'll explain, like, she understands, like, um, you know, just beyond direct translation. So he's like, okay, what is the, what is the context? What is your motivation? What do you, um, 
what are you trying to express here? And that's, yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. really hard. That's really hard to learn. So, you know what? I, the other thing too was our, our answer with the dictionaries. I would say that's kind of good advice. I'm not saying don't use the dictionary. I'm saying hmm. be careful. Um, because you kind of have to be almost already fluent to be able right. to make the dictionary yeah, yeah. work for you. Um, because they're not conducive to learning. And that was, uh, that was actually a listener letter about their, one of their barriers was just like, I don't know how to yeah, use yeah. the dictionary. <laughs> um, because yeah, you got to be careful with them. It's just, that's just not the way our language is set up. Um, so having, Having someone like Marianne Corbier in her books and Pat Ningwance's Talking mm-hmm. Gokum's language, she she writes has similar workbooks where she she kind of shows you how the language is broken down, um, so that you can use the dictionaries. But like you kind of yeah. need a course yeah. on how to how to use them. Um, so this is I know she's asking for resources but one of the best things for me from when I was a beginner and more so now at the point that I'm at now is having speakers and working with speakers so like what I do is um and you kind of have to like never turn off your language learning Mm -hmm. lens because anyway so all I'm trying to say is for me it happens all the time because I have a son who speaks and you know he's he's doing something where it's like oh geez I never thought of that or like that's that's not even in Mm -hmm. a dictionary like he wants me to rub his play with his (laughs) hair to put Mm. him to sleep right and I'm like I don't that's not an dictionary. I don't even know how to describe that, right? Things like that. Um, so, yeah. And it took us a long time to figure out how to say rinse hmm. his head. Like when we're when he was a little baby and we're giving him a bath, so we're washing it. But we just want to talk about right. specifically, like, did you rinse his head with water to get the soap out? Kind of it's just very specific mm-hmm. things like that. Anyway, so it's just always thinking in the language or how do I say this in the language? And then making a keeping an actual list of all of the words and phrases that you're stuck on that you want to say. And then when I see a speaker, I sit down and I go through mm. it, boom, boom, boom. And so it's just every day constantly just filling in those gaps. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a resource that I didn't think of is an actual speaker. Well, <laughs> Well, that, well, her question. No, well, I don't know if I would call that a speaker. <laughs> I got my dictionary. Um, I got my. Elder, but I think she was. Pack them up in my car to go to the language conference. Pocket <laughs> <laughs> size or travel size. Um, <laughs> I think her question was more like. Oh right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. Thing, but uh, still, you know, it. I don't know. It bears repeating speakers are mm. aging and they're not going to be here anymore but all of those books will mm. so that's i guess i don't want to dehumanize them and call them a resource but. <laughs> what uh what do you got for an elder oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for an elder uh i don't know i hope we answered mm. that question it's like dictionaries yeah but be careful if you can find something that works for you that is showing you like how the Nanotic Nanotigos on Facebook, 
he teach he's a second language learner and he kind of teaches the stuff mm. that we're talking about he offers courses and stuff i heard they're really good i haven't taken them but i think that's the style mm-hmm. that he's teaching yeah so don't also like like santa said don't be afraid to reach out to other language learners and share resources and and see what works for them that's why you, one of the benefits of immersion and or just putting yourself out there in general is like you want to meet other quote-unquote successful language learners and the proof is in the pudding obviously it's working for them so like mm-hmm. what are you doing because i'm gonna do that too right if it worked for you then mm-hmm. yeah okay so that's that question i can uh i mentioned should i go to one of these ones that yeah oh you this, got one um, yeah I forget his name, Damien, I think. I think he's Seneca. Um, heard the podcast and got in touch with me. So he, he's got a bunch of questions, but we'll just do one of them. He's talking about one. No, I'm just like starting like in order. Um, he's talking about creating new words and working with elders to create new words. He mentioned that not all elders are eager to. Um, one of them is actually adamantly against creating new words. So he was curious, like, what do we, what have we gotten resistance and what kind of resistance have we gotten um, about new terms? Um, that's a big question. I'm trying to think if I've ever met anyone that was resistant. You meet a lot of elders that are like, oh, youth these days, they're always saying me or nish or, <laughs> or we never said yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, But that's, that's every, uh, yeah, every culture. generation. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, elderly people complaining about you. <laughs> I already do it. <laughs> but aside from that, I don't know. What were you going to say? Um, I don't know. It's I, I have, Name no, names. I've not really run into this sort of thing. And I think that's probably because the way Nishnabemun works, like it's never really, I don't know, it's conducive to making new words. And people make new words all the time. So like, it's not a big deal. And, but I don't know. Um, our Haudenosaunee friend here, I believe their languages work similar to ours where like, um, you know, you've got these different, I would yeah, these so. different parts coming together to form a bigger part, a bigger word. So I feel like like their language would probably work similarly. So yeah, I don't know. It shouldn't be a big deal to make new words, but um, yeah, you mentioned some well, other words. I would say like there's some resistance, but not in a sense of like, no, I don't want to help you guys Mm. or work with you guys. Um, But there's some, I don't know, hesitancy, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, Like when we first started Ishkanishnavemjik, some of the speakers were like, kiwapmana truckles. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, did you mm-hmm. see the truck? And they're like, that's just how we spoke. Like, that we just have some words that, right? Or, as someone asked if I gave, if I gave them their checkles, <laughs> <Yeah>. their check. <laughs> right? And it's like, I get it, but you can't mm. do that here. Because as soon as you speak a little bit of English, it's going to snowball. So, like, we just can't have that. You're just going to have mm. to come up with a way. And it took a little bit of, like, convincing. And we've been lucky that we've been working with the same people yeah. from day one. So, now they're just, I feel like they're seasoned pros. They just sh- show up and... Then they revitalize the language, and then they're back out. so they're used to us asking them, you know, crazy stuff. Not crazy, but oh, I was just say? gonna make another joke about like using an elder as a resource. You know, we take them off the shelf, bring them to Shkinish Nabim Jig, and put them back. Yeah. 
<laughs> so they've gotten they've gotten better at that and i think they're just used to they know the drill now so i think stuff like that happens the other thing too i found like i don't during the zoom age you know at the height of the pandemic when everyone's on zoom and we're in lockdown and everything and and then i'm trying to teach language and it's like okay so now i have to learn how to say words yeah. like yeah, your right. mic is on mute or turn on yeah. your camera. Oh, I lost my signal, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Like my Wi-Fi is, um, and then that was a big issue. So we haven't had to do stuff like that before. And I think it was Marianne that was explaining, like she's all down for making new words or co- coining, you know, like nifty terms mm. for stuff that we haven't needed before. But they were running into a new challenge because if you think about like how old our language is and how many generations and generations have have spoke the language, you know, since mm-hmm. time immemorial. And then only, I, at least in my family, my parents' generation is when it stopped, mm-hmm. right? So this whole time that the language has been spoken, we've only had electricity for like 60 <laughs> of those last few years so we lived on the land and now boom Mm -hmm. we're on zoom and everything is coming from electricity and i'm telling you to go into your breakout rooms but they're not (laughs) actual rooms like what are they like is it an idea is it a yeah i never yeah sorry if i cut you off go ahead no i just i'm uh, i like watching your i wish you could see your reaction (laughs) your mind is like blown right now right um and and someone could like you could say like you know go into your Anchkinagas thing right. your little room right like if you wanted to literally because that's how right. we speak in English right like it's not an actual room but I don't think that's how a speaker like I don't know if that's a very good translation no. for them I don't think that's how the language no. works per se no. See, right so it's if you're good at translation you're trying to avoid literally translating mm-hmm. from english right because we want it to be how would a speaker mm-hmm. think of that yeah it's like the english term for a breakout room on zoom is inadequate in, in itself and is just like an analogy so the reason like my mind was blown is because i was trying to think of how that would be um well nishnabaman can describe anything it can describe everything so i'm just thinking about like how that would be described in the language about a breakout room on zoom so it's like yeah i don't know it's definitely beyond my capability but like um just imagining like you're describing what are you doing like what is happening there you're um yeah i don't know we should, i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah, I guess so, right? Like, I, I think that's what happens too sometimes when people ask me for translations and they ask me for something that we just mm. wouldn't say. And it's like, okay, hey, like, you're going to have to define it for me yeah. and tell me what you're actually yeah. trying to say, yeah. right? And then maybe we can work with that. Um, but yeah, like you said, like, how would I actually describe what a imaginary... Right. How do you even, dis- <laughs> like, how do you even conceive of it? Like, room is... It's hard to conceive, like, just as it is, like being on zoom and like yeah i don't know (laughs) probably thinking too much about it but yeah even our phones right they're all called like uh, well gigado biopcos and now people just Mm. call it biopcos and like that's a talking wire and it's like they're wireless now (laughs) (laughs) but that's i think that's just one thing where we just Mm. understand it's like me when i 
if I wanted to PVR something, I still say, did <laughs> yeah, you yeah. tape it? Even though <laughs> I'm aging oh, myself again. Or we even say film, like, did you film that? Like, I haven't used film yeah. in ages. Yeah. So I guess that, I guess that's where Biopcos is just yeah. able to pass, but it's not actually, there's actually no wires involved in this, I guess, unless you're charging <laughs> it. But anyway, um, <laughs> Oh, we went on a tangent, but maybe this is interesting mm. to someone. But we do have to keep going there because if we want a like a living language, is going to form mm-hmm. and change with the times, right? So I don't think it means we stop or it's a bad thing. Yeah, and we as Anishinaabe people, like we get really bad for that. We want to be quote unquote mm. traditional, and sometimes what we're doing is we're we're kind of like. Uh, I don't want to say colonizing <laughs> ourselves, but like we're thinking very yeah. colonially by thinking like that we also cannot mm. evolve and grow with everyone else because colonization wants us mm. to be extinct. So we have to stop doing that mm. to ourselves. It is important to hang on to things. I'm not, I'm not suggesting otherwise, but do we want our language to thrive? It can't just be enough to be like, oh, mm. it's really hard. So I'll just say it in English right. instead. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm reminded of Ojik's point about um, how the language oh, has yeah. adapted and like adapted to new technologies. And these days we talk about new technologies like, oh, computers and blah, blah, blah. But our people have been encountering new technologies for a long time and, and adapting to it, no problem. So his example was uh, farming implements, like when um, that kind of sedentary life was forced upon us, we had to learn how to farm and our people and language had no problem um, describing those things, coming up with terms for those things that were new. I think this relates to your point about being a living language um, because it was a living language. It was like, yeah, no problem, no problem at all. So yeah, I don't think I had a point. I was just myself. The other thing too, back then is like everyone yeah. spoke the language. So we have much less speakers yeah. now. And even some of our speakers don't have access to other speakers. So they're just, you know, you hear, quote unquote, the old language. I wonder yeah. what they're ancient, talking Ancient about. farming like, language. I haven't ancient spoken the language. Sacred, uh, yeah. sacred bizhikivog. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it is harder for them, right? Because it's like, you kind of got to think about these things on your own, as opposed to just being rich in language and having a a collective mm-hmm. mind so it's it's very difficult but i yeah it's we need lots of that and actually go back to ojig's um i think that was episode 10 if you guys haven't listened to it yeah i gotta to it. it's really that, good actually. he brought up another interesting point then too and was like talking about how all these different speakers have come up with like really cool hmm. terms but then where do they go from there you know because like a university or a hospital or a learner like us needs to know it, but have have other speakers been aware of it and they're implementing mm. it or no? Um, yeah. So, and then that's where you hear like different words for computer yeah. and stuff like that because we're kind of all in mm. silos. What do you call a computer? No, um, I don't even remember. Uh, <laughs> Sheeman. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's what my son calls it. Um, what is the word? I remember I was, uh, I haven't talked about a computer in the language for a long time, but I, I took, you say computer. no, I, I used the word that we learned at Oog at some point. Um, did it have obic in it? Is it an obic gun? 
for yeah that was their word for laptop oh i just had it and then you uh oh yeah something like that yeah 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 i was talking about how it was like a picture metal but it also folded so i've never heard a word in this area for a laptop but i have heard just like a computer in general would um i forgot the word but or some people just call him Jim Jigun. So Jim Jigun is a memory thing. Talking about stores stuff, memory. Ken I guess, like knowledge. And Mkuk is a box, so. The knowledge. But it sticks with me, so like at least I have a word for it. Anyway, did we answer? <laughs> no, we just, we went, just on, went on. Just went on a tangent. Yeah. tangent. Yeah, I think it's hard for I think it's hard for speakers because of I feel like we answered because of all of those, all of hmm. those things. Yeah. Um, but I think we have to, especially like in for you know for in our context, immersing kids. Um, you know, like food. That's a really tough one for mm. speakers. They're like, well, we never had that. So we just say like cauliflower yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Right. But to kids, oh my God. Right. Like they love that stuff. They're like, what is this? And yep. they want to know what all of the foods are called. And then especially if you think about like all the weird little snacks <laughs> that like little kids like yeah. nowadays, um, you know, like gr- what's a granola bar. What the hell is um, a granola bar? So we and we just call goldfish yeah, beetle yeah. suck. I'm like he knows and um, Grant those Teddy Grams we just call them <laughs> co suck. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see when we because um, we're, we're 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 adding more immersion time every hmm. week with the kids. So we're only with them for a little bit of the day. So we don't have them um, for drop off snack time, hmm. nap time. Um, but when we do get them for when they're eating, I'm trying to warn our elders and like, look out, <laughs> your right. kid's coming, you're going to have to come up with stuff. You know, even colors, right? Like Zawa could be brown, mm. orange, or yellow, but that's not good enough for a kid. They're like, no, like what is, you know? <laughs> um, so we, Keon Dez for, was what we use for brown earth colored. Um, Zaumin Gonde, something orange colored and yeah, and then for blue, we use Gijigonde, sky colored, and Jomanonde, oh, okay, uh, yeah. color for uh, for purple, and Joshua okay. for green. Anyway, just stuff like that. <laughs> so it's tough for speakers because yeah, because they've never had to, but it's important, especially for immersion. Yep. Thankfully, no, I've not run into a situation where elders or an elder was against making new words. Okay, sometimes, okay, I'm just getting to the point here, <laughs> the question. Sometimes I collate a series of translations under a particular theme I want speakers to help me with. For example, one time I wanted to teach locational adverbs in my home dialect. I asked for a bunch of words I thought could be applicable. Under, over, beside, left, right, in front, behind, etc. Do you have any translations or translation? Do you have any translations that fit within a theme you are looking forward to get from speakers? If so, what and why? So are they asking about those particular things they talked about, or is that just an example of having a theme? 
Yeah, that's an um, I haven't thought of that. That's a good question. What's a theme of translations that you uh, want to get hmm. and why? I have some. Yeah. I can think. Well, you, if well for thinking, me. Or maybe you're just no. <laughs> for, <laughs> no me, for me right now, um, it's all like weird temporal things or like hypothetical situations. So that's too broad of a theme, I think. So you go ahead. I don't think that. Well, no, tell us what that means, um, first of all. What did, what, yeah. What did those <laughs> words mean? So trying to figure out how, um, depending on time, depending on when something happens, um, how are different, like, how the verbs are all conjugated, like which quote-unquote clause types we use, like, uh, is it independent form or conjunct form or, like, change conjunct, blah, 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 Um Trying to figure out the configurations that, yeah, that tell us that are used in these different temporal environments or like according to aspect as well. So aspect is like related to time in that it describes how an action is chopped up in time. So whether it's like viewed as a single thing or an ongoing thing, if that makes any sense. So yeah, I don't know. That's, um, and that's like the biggest question the big question and it's no easy answer, but um, yeah, just time and clause types and how they, how that all works. How, how Nishnabim when speakers use it. What a linguistic <laughs> answer. Try is. not to be that guy, but apparently I am. Um, mine's easier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was mine actually? Now I forget. Oh, I've always wanted to know cooking hmm. words. I don't know why, like maybe that will be important for us as a family or something, but like, like chopping, uh, boiling, yeah, yeah. pureeing, yep. cleaning, peeling, shucking, I don't know, like mm. dicing. Yeah. All of those things. Cause they're very specific and I haven't really met any speakers or language teachers that mm. want to do that or the, that is their specialty aside from like making fun. <laughs> right. It's just like, well, whatever. But I still can't make scones, so I guess I guess I shouldn't complain. I guess I should keep learning. <laughs> Someone was telling me a funny story about these two women were I don't want to get say any names, so these two women were making scone and the one woman was talking about her she was they're kneading the bread and as she's talking about her partner, she's just like beating up that scone. <laughs> kneading it and punching it real hard and her scone came out really flat <laughs> hard <laughs> anyway <laughs> um yeah so cooking and uh i yeah i think this kind of relates back to our whole zoom chat um but like video mm. game words my son is like i don't know how i feel about this but whatever he's he's getting into video mm. games now um, he's only three. Oh my god! But um, but I like Mario mm. Part Two, so it's not the worst. Anyway, but just and I remember asking the speakers too, right? Like I'm like, how do I say? Like I got <laughs> when you get that little right. blue shell, and it's like, Pew. um, and there was some other ones too. Like oh, I slipped on right. a banana peel, or oh, I, I got shrunk because oh, there's yeah. another one where oh, you can get shrunk. And then, did you learn a word for that? I, I, yeah, I don't know if I've heard it. A word for that. Um, huh. 
Yeah. Where's my phone? I did. Hmm. I think. I think it's like Gigosh. Okay. Or... Oh, wait. Here's my phone. I'll tell you. Uh... Oh, wait. No, it's in my pictures. Um, but yeah, like if you're a speaker and, and you work with me or interact with me, you get asked the weirdest, the strangest questions like that. But like, that's what my son's into. Mm-hmm. So I have to. Mm-hmm. Gee. Oh, gee, gosh, pinnacle. Gosh, pinnacle. I got shrunk. Oh. Gee, bosh, I got blown up. Gee, bosh, I got shot. <laughs> Gee me, gee me, I got hit, like hit by, by something that got like a shot shell or something. Huh, that's cool. Yeah, gee me, one wasmo, and I got struck by lightning. Hmm. I know there's another actual word for that. Ah. But... Damn, that's cool. That's good. Yeah, Mar- Mario Kart um, teachings. <laughs> Mario Kart teachings. <laughs> <laughs> that's I don't know. I kind of. I'm laughing right now thinking like giving a big um, dramatic speech and using terms that you ultimately had learned from playing Mario Kart. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Um, Like, I don't know what the controller Uh, would be called. And uh, like, we we just call the remote a notch pitch gun because it mm. changes the channels. And then we've been calling the, the remote that, but it's not really the remote on a game isn't changing mm. channels. It's I don't know what it's doing or even just to save playing right. video games. Um, so all this stuff, is kind of like, you know, zoom age questions where it's, but we know how to say stuff like turn up the volume, turn down mm. the volume, turn on the TV, turn off the TV, change the channel. And then, yeah. And then I'm always, everything is all based mm. towards my kid. <laughs> um, right now he's really into like outer space nice. and Actually, astronauts. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> He's like outer space. And I'm like, I don't know how to say that. Yeah. If anyone wants to write me a listener letter and, and mm. let me know. Or a spaceship. Mm. <laughs> the other, this is really weird too, but I always thought it would be, I don't know if I would do this anymore, but, um, just, just anything learning language. I always thought it'd be cool to do like a makeup yeah. tutorial in a Nishinaabe one, but that would be lots of very specific. Right. Do you remember too. Gabby who came to visit with Ondeg in um She yes. was doing stuff on TikTok a couple of years ago, makeup tutorials in Nishinaabe one on TikTok. So I didn't, I didn't learn any of oh, that. Oh, really? Because, I don't yeah, want to yeah, do TikTok but like, though. Yeah. So she must know some like makeup terms and stuff. Yeah, I didn't oh. watch them because I don't have TikTok and I don't I don't do my own makeup. That's my makeup person does mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, <laughs> my makeuper. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got for questions. Unless you have any, um, other... there's all I, there's more, but there's I did more. want to add to Bemudod's question about um, themes. Oh, yeah. A good theme that I have learned before but always forget and need to learn for good is um words around temperature because as we know it's complicated in the schnabim wind because depending on the material depending on the location words for temperature vary there's like it's way 
complicated. So that's a good theme. If you want to have fun and, um, if you want to frustrate, frustrate yourself, yourself. <laughs> like, how do I, yeah, stay exactly. Hot? Like, well, it's like, <laughs> where are you? Um, what is hot? Um, yeah. Cause yeah, hot's different. If you're inside, hot's different. If it's a thing, hot's different. If it's like of the weather. So yeah. And is the thing made out of metal? Is it, <laughs> yes, like, yeah. is it cloth? Is yeah. it, <laughs> is it liquid? liquid? Is it string like? <laughs> 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 yeah, no, that's, uh, that's all I got. Did you have any other questions that you wanted to uh, pull out of the virtual? Um, not that I can think of. I don't know. I want to think about more of the, the big uh, question we got, the big topic. Because, um, yeah, there's a lot to think about there. And to be honest, I hadn't thought about it since, um, for a long time since we like got the message and it was just like, wow, this is big, something to talk about, but that's something I'll reflect on. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's like, there's a lot, there's a Hmm. lot there. And it also brings my mind back, tying back to like our last episode or even just the idea of Hmm. privilege. Um, like if you are not an Anishinaabe person or, you know, if you're light skinned or like all of these things that make your life that much harder, that make you susceptible to that mm-hmm. much more trauma, um, that is getting in your way from language learning versus mm-hmm. not right. Yeah. So like that it's accessibility, mm-hmm. it's privilege. It's all of these things that, um, you know, like I, Yeah. I can't believe this. I had a, someone out. They were, they were non-native. They pretty much were asking me like, "How come you guys aren't learning your mm, language okay. enough?" And I was like, uh, mm. "Genocide." <laughs> like, we've been through a lot, and a lot of us are just mm-hmm. trying to survive. We're just trying to put bread and butter on the table, and even that's a, yep. a struggle. Like, like what an incredibly ignorant kind of mm. question to mm-hmm. to ask. Yeah. Yep. Cool. That's a good <laughs> note to end on. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want to tell a? Jo- you want to tell one of your jokes in the language, or uh, tell us a funny language um, learning story? Funny language learning story is good. That's my yeah, listener I about that letter. One. Um, I don't think I've got any new jokes. I thought I maybe thought of one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Tell us a funny story from a language learning story. Me? Are you going I can. to too, though? Yeah, because apparently I don't have any new jokes and my old ones are bad anyway. You never have <laughs> new jokes. I've been, I thought I did. I thought I like. <laughs> Just keep dusting yeah. off the classics and bringing them out. <laughs> um, uh, what is a funny one that I've I don't done? know if. Um, I told the one about when I was wrestling with uh, Zawa Gijigoganu. Have I told that on the podcast? No. Okay, so um, this was at Oog one year, and Wanigabo was um, um, teaching us Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Nishnabemun, which is really cool and because I like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And, yeah, so anyways, we're basically giving us a lesson, and we're wrestling, and I end up, like, um, I call it, like, we're – we weren't actually like really sparring, but I was wrestling with Ozawa Gijigoganu, who is a large, large man and very strong. And so, um, 
I said, Wanigabo nod moshin, like Wanigabo help me. And I forget the word. So the words Mishkoze and Mishkoze are very close in sound. It's like a matter of a short and long E sound at the end, Mishkoze or Mishkoze. And I always forget which one is which. One means to be like strong, um, kind of more of a strong of spirit. And the other one is like kind of literally like strong or physically hard. And so I said the wrong one. It's like, Wanigabo nod moshin. Um, which one is which? Because I, I always forget. I think Mishkawaze is what you said, but Mishkawaze okay. is what you meant to say. So I had <laughs> said like, Zom Mishkawaze. Like I was trying to say he's too strong, but like, I guess like, I don't know. Either way, it sounded funny. <laughs> I think I think that the, the moral of the story is either way you said help me too hard. <laughs> <laughs> as i'm wrestling with a large man as he's like yeah. laying on top yeah, of you. Yeah, that's, yeah yeah that was funny <laughs> but i think that like the other layer that you know like i'm not sure if i was there for that part but I've, there was like definitely a couple of summers where you guys would so just so you guys are aware <clears throat> at oog immersion it's like a house it's like a little house with little rooms in it that's been turned into a language learning space but for all intents and purposes <laughs> it's it's a house so there's like the it's an open concept right with the the living room and the dining room and the kitchen and then they got little hallways and rooms off of that um but after class you guys came and put your mats down and would bjj <laughs> whatever roll around no that sounds better. roll around you would wrestle each other <laughs> um and so everything would have to be moved out of the way there would be the those mats and then the rest of us would just be like sitting on the outskirts with like no room um and like if you're not familiar with like seeing that very often especially if it's an ojibwe and you're like a learner and you can't really say much it's like dead quiet in there and we're just sitting there awkwardly like watching you guys roll around and it's like grunting and sweating and it's just quiet and we're just sitting there watching you guys and you can see some people who have never been exposed to that are like making faces and like this is awkward and then you, then you <laughs> say that. Um, <laughs> um, the only one that I can think of is it's funny. It's a one. It's a one novel also. Yeah, there's a theme here. <laughs> yeah. So when he teaches his grammar off, like away from everyone else you're allowed to use some english like if you have a little english ball if it's like a qu question related to language learning right you can oh, pass me the object and whatever so class is over we were walking back and uh no i don't know why that oh yeah so anyway so we're walking back and this was like my very very first year i was very beginner and when we went out there together from Ontario to Minnesota. And um, he's asking me like, oh, do you, this is all in Ojibwe. And he's like, do you and Miss Guanquit uh, speak the language to each other? Um, 
And uh, so in my mind as a beginner, like, you know, I'm starting to compute all the math and like, okay, how do I answer this guy? So like the answer is like, no, we don't. But now that we're here and we've spoken to each other for three weeks, like we can continue on doing this when we like speaking to each other when we get back home. So I'm like, okay, how would I say that? So I was like, okay, the easiest way I could say that is if I take Zhichige to do something and say, we're starting to do that, <laughs> right? So you guys are speaking language to each other and I'm trying to say Namaji Zhichige men, like we're starting to. And I got my short and long vowels mixed up and said Namaji Zhichige men. And he just kind of looked at me like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, okay, what? I could, judging mm. by his reaction, it's like, what did I say? And he's like, it sounded to me like you said you do bad <laughs> things together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I was trying to say we we're starting That's, to. There's a lesson in both those yeah. stories is that vowel length is very important in Anishinaabe when it is. Um, yeah. So make sure to keep your short vowels short and your long vowels long because easy to say something you didn't mean to the other time too i think it was the same first year where we used to like stretch every day and like people would just shout out different stretches i'm like oh we should do this right and um <laughs> so i was like i was going like this like trying to stretch out your mm. hands or something and i'm like oh and i'm like oh my god what's the word for fingers and I, said, Jesus. <laughs> I remember that and I know you laughed at me and you're like you, you just said carrots <laughs> your carrots ah, I was trying to say ninja <laughs> good times yeah. Oh, okay yeah there's more stories but uh, maybe we save that for that could be an ongoing day, segment sure every every episode we tell a funny story. Something happened. I was actually going to say that could be a theme for listener oh, yeah, letters yeah. if you guys have yeah, funny yeah. language yeah. stories and email them in to us and we will read them on the show and we'll all laugh at we'll yeah, laugh we'll laugh with with you. you. <laughs> swear we're laughing with you. Actually, Ben Wadod's Wido, ben, ben got a good one that if he's listening, which, you know, he's a loyal listener, so he's got a good story that he could add to this that I've heard him tell. We are encouraging <laughs> you. Yeah. Um, actually, a friend here in Rama was telling me um, they were like, when they were in high school, they had a friend who hmm. spoke Spanish. And they got into a little spat. They got in a fight or whatever. So that they were in the hallway and that friend got mad at her and um, started, you know, mouthing off to her in Spanish and called her some some choice words in her language. <laughs> and then uh, as that as the Spanish friend is walking away, my friend yells at her. She goes, Be toji schlagen again. <laughs> Someone from Rama heard her and they're like, Did you just call her a pie? And she's like, Yeah, but she doesn't know <laughs> <Yes>. that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Man, I knew this Inuk dude in when I was going to school in Ottawa and um someone asked him to like do a prayer in the language or something at something and he said he just got up and just started talking about random shit. was just like, oh, sorry, I swore. Hey, that was the first time I swore on this whole podcast. Good for me. What? No, you no. swore like three times Gosh. before that. Yes. All right. um, 
<laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah. So we just talked about? about how he was like, they asked him to do a prayer. And he's like, what? I don't do prayers. So he just went up and just started talking about random stuff in, in his language. And then afterwards, everyone's like, oh, my God. Yeah, so good. But no, he was just saying random things. <laughs> that was like on that documentary, Real Engines, where they go back to some old scenes where like some old Western right, movie or yeah, something. Yeah. Where they have the 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 native folks speaking <laughs> right. in their language, um, and they have the subtitles over like you know mm. what's going on in the in the movie, but they those they, they get those same elders like fifty years later come back and actually translate what they're actually saying, and it's really funny. They're talking about like dog poop <laughs> and like <laughs> you're saying rat poop and all this stuff. <laughs> Okay, well, I think yeah. that's it but, uh, for me. It was nice that we yeah. all visited. And um, yes, please send us your funny language-related <laughs> stories. We'd love to read them yeah. out on the show. Our email is heylanguagepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, that's it for me. Yeah, amigo gaini. To send us a listener letter, write to us at heylanguagepodcast at gmail.com. Our theme song is by Beverly McIver, and our podcast artwork is by Josh Paywis Steckley.